Welcome to my Life Beyond Postnatal Depression podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that life can be simple and that our dreams can come true. Being a parent or wanting to become a parent can be fun, but to do that, we need to let go of what we thought parenting and life was and create our own adventure. Each Monday, I interview everyday people and wellness experts about our parenting journeys, what we've learned, who we've become, and ways we can be even more amazing people for ourselves and future generations. And join me on Thursdays for the beginner health sessions for simple ways you can up-level your own health and wellness. Be inspired. Okay. So, hi. And I don't want anyone to be alarmed. I've taken over the reins of this podcast to find out more about our host, Susan Scollin. So since September 2020, we've been blessed with the weekly releases of the Holistic Health podcast, which has now become my life beyond postnatal depression. I know how diligent Suze has been in providing us with the vast range of subject matter that speaks her soul language. She's brought us conversations with people tackling sobriety in the social norm, caring for the dead in a dignified way, looking at our mental health and well-being through various lenses. So let me introduce myself. My name is Mel and I'm honoured to be here today. I'm a foundational member to Susan's Holistic Health subscription. On top of the stories Suze shares with us in her podcast series, I've been privileged to be working with her on the last 12 months on my holistic health journey. So today we get an insight into her journey and let's be inspired. (laughs) Sounds good, Mel. (laughs) Let's all be inspired. Oh, let's be inspired. (laughs) Where did that come from? Okay, so... As we said in September 2020, you know, that was the release of your Holistic Health podcast. And my first question today is, so what got you to that moment? As in why do the podcast? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then what just, how the pieces just fitted together for you? Yeah. So, and again, around just focusing on the podcast, yeah? All right. So. In the podcast, it could be anything else. Okay. Oh, my story? You want my story? You already got my story. Let's dive in. So I was studying at IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and part of that we do initial health consultations or health histories, we call them, with um, fellow students just to figure out how to do them, all of that sort of stuff, and build our confidence. And I always blew me away, those health histories, um, of how unique everybody's story was. And particularly with the students that were in IIN because they're typically, they're kind of on the other side of healing. So they've done a significant amount of work to get themselves to that point, not that you need to do that to get to IIN. And some people go through the journey being in IIN and I see that now uh, or I'm privileged to see that now. And then so it just, yeah, some of those stories really resonated with me. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I um, either did health histories with or just had the opportunity to meet during that time. And that year I had um, my Facebook page at the time was called My Happiness Home. So it was all the things that were bringing me joy in my life. And for some reason my intuition was starting to talk to me about doing a podcast and I was like, I don't have time for a podcast. But anyway, thanks for that. I'll just put it out in the universe. We'll say maybe that's what I'm going to do. 
And in so I graduated in the March or April of 2020, around COVID time, um, our graduation date got um, got pushed because of COVID, but that's okay. And then my I'd done a planning exercise at the back end of 2019, and I had this list of five things I was going to achieve in 2020, and then this avoidance list of 15 things. And on that avoidance list was the podcast. I was going to avoid that at all costs. That was just not happening. But what happened was things were starting to move forward. I was building my website and the podcast just kept coming to me. And I was working with someone at the time who had done 100 episodes on her podcast and she was just, she was shutting that one down and rebadging to a new one. And I don't know, it just started to kind of go, this is what you're meant to be doing because I see all the signs that are happening around me. So I put a post up into a Facebook group and just said, who would like to podcast with me? I'm going to start podcasting. Who would be interested? And actually, I did a post before that. Um, no, I didn't do the post. Somebody else had said, I want to be on podcasts. What are the opportunities? And I said, well, I'm about to start one. This is what it's about. If you're open to it, let's do it. And that was episode two um, around the Feng Shui um, piece with Patricia. And off the... And somebody else saw it in that group and she commented and said, I think I'm about ready to tell tell my story. And that was Sarah, who is episode nine. And for me, that's a real tearjerker. She was like, if you have an ICA for a podcast or an ideal client for a podcast, she was that at the time. Like I was so honoured and blessed to tell her story. So that was the first part. And then I went back into that group and put up this post and said, who would be like, who would be interested? And I had like 20 people say yes. Like, wow. Yeah. So if you kind of go, you're looking for signs from the universe and because I've put posts up in that Facebook group before and had zero responses, but you do that and you get like that many responses. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. So I just started recording and there's so many pieces to a podcast that you've got to bring together, but I didn't have any idea about any of that sort of stuff. So I did a little bit of research. Someone said, you know, here's a list of 10 things that you need to do. So I just followed that kind of list got my music together and just as a side note the music is today you inspire me that's the title of that that music that I've got and I just went that's really you know appropriate for the podcast so I added that in um and then just did all the other things and Chris was doing he was my sound guy so or production guy so I would record them and just say here's the stuff (laughs) And he would go, I don't know what to do with it. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with it. You're just going to have to figure it out. And he went about and figured it out. Um, And it wasn't just that, you know, that I had those 20 episodes kind of thing. I had the idea was to have like 10 or so in the can before I went live because it takes two weeks for a podcast to be approved through Apple. And I didn't know that. Like I was going, I'm going to release by the end of September and I'm like I think I just hit the cutoff because I had to get the apple bit done and everything else and we were moving so that first episode came out when we were on the road to head north so it was all meant to be um yeah but it was definitely a journey yeah yeah because that sort of sort of leads into like I had an an, another follow-up question was that you know was there the instinct that a podcast series was the best way to connect with that wider audience or was it just a business plan and I think that sort of answers that that you know it wasn't part of your instinct to begin with and it's just how it just keeps coming up in your like just coming up in your life yeah yeah and it's just definitely instinctual if I have a I have a business coach and he he would say to me 
like Suze does Suze way and it's all about intuition and does it feel good? And he's like, and in the past he would have said, where's your business plan? Where's this? And I'm like, I don't have any of that. I don't, I don't work that way. It's not to say that I don't have, I'm not strategic about some of the things that I do, but often predominantly I'm driven by feeling and I want to create feeling around me as well. And I talk about feelings a lot, like a lot. Just a little. <laughs> but if it doesn't feel good to you, then we've got to look at why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that's the same for me. So, and recently I've been a bit slack on releasing some of the podcast episodes, but I've just been sitting back and kind of going, well, what do I actually want to create here? What are the stories? What are the things that I need to get? I need to tell, but then what are the things that I want to tell and how does that look? So that's been a little bit of a journey too. Yeah, because that all relates to your brand in a way. So you don't want to be sharing stories that, you know, don't really with you at this point in time. Yeah. 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 And like I said. Disconnect. Yeah. And I've had, I have a lot of people now come to me and want to be on the podcast, which is amazing. And that just sort of blows my mind. And then, but there are some people that I kind of say, no, you're not a good fit to. And I've been doing that a little bit more lately. Um, in the past, I just sort of said yes. And then there was an episode with a particular woman that I went, oh, this could have been so much better if I had done more research on her. It still was a good episode, but I could have done, it could have been so much more if I had have spent some more time in that space rather than um, being more dependent on her to come and bring her story into the space because she she her VA actually hooked us up so she didn't even know why she was there and so we were trying to connect through the podcast to create that and I went oh that's that's too hard um but there are people and not that it's there's been two men that I've said no to recently and not to say that I'm anti-men on the podcast because I'm not but they have to be even a female they have to be um the right person for the podcast at the right time yeah so I just want to tell the audience here that Suze does not know my questions that I've been putting together. But, you know, one of the other questions I had was, you know, how do you find the people that you connect with and their stories or do they come to you? So it sounds like it's a bit of both at the moment. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, yeah, it's a bit of both. So some people come to me and I will get unsolicited emails from people saying he pitching someone to be on the podcast. So that happens. Otherwise it comes, yeah, otherwise it comes through conversations. Um, I was in a Facebook group the other day and this woman was talking about her niche about being married to an alcoholic um, and how that has affected her life and what the the flow and effect to, you know, her life broadly was around that. And she seemed like she's on the other side. I think that's a really important point for anybody that I interview. We need to be kind of on the other side of the journey, not fully, you know, we're always on a journey, but I don't want anybody um, in a space where they're really struggling um, and perhaps in tears because they're really struggling, still emotionally struggling. And I want to be able to hold space for them, but perhaps that's not the right place to be doing that, especially for the listeners as well. But this woman felt like she was on the other side. And because of the two episodes that I've done with Sarah, the first one that I did with her, Sarah Rusback, I think it was 54 or 57 um, around alcohol-free, that's had 200 downloads her next one, which is the alcohol freedom movement, that's had just about to hit 100 downloads. So I know that the 
people, everybody listening is actually interested in that. So it was really important for me. Then I saw this opportunity and I went, let's have a conversation with her. And I caught up with her the other day, just having a pre-chat because I do that with every guest, have a pre-chat before we actually do the podcast. And um, that was just amazing just to hear her story and, and part of her journey as well. Um, so that will be coming. Um, so that's one way that I sort of find people, I guess, along the journey and just having conversations with people. Um, typically, everybody typically are on, I meet are online. It's not in the everyday life that I typically meet people who are willing to share their story. It's not to say that I'm not open to that, um, but it's usually not their norm, whereas the people online either have a business or are about to build a business or there's some sort of space going on and they're doing perhaps Facebook Lives and they're do, so they're a little bit more comfortable in that kind of space. Yeah. yeah. And so this year you've switched, you've rebranded to um, My Life my life Beyond Postnatal Depression. Yeah. So, and I, for one, am very appreciative of how open you are with your experience and your journey. So talking about people who are on the other side, you know, so when did you feel that you were on the other side of your journey and, like, what was that turning point for you? Yeah, that's come up this year and I probably didn't even think it that I, I wasn't, I never consciously sat down and said, am I a recovered you know, person who has had postnatal depression. And I realised um, actually listening to another podcast who this woman talked about being, it was on 40 and she was talking about being a recovered alcoholic and she calls herself that and she gets a lot of slack for it. And I went, I think I'm I'm definitely recovered. Like I really do think that I'm recovered from my postnatal depression. Um yeah, and that was a real realisation. So it's actually been this year that I've consciously sat down and gone, yeah, I'm definitely recovered. That doesn't mean that I don't have days where I have depression or, or I'm anxious or I'm unsettled or there's other thoughts going on. It doesn't mean that I don't have those, but it doesn't mean that I have a full-blown postnatal depression or a depression in that sort of realm. I think um, it's important to remember that we're all human and we all have bad days just as we have good days. So just creating that space for yourself is where the kindness comes in from that perspective. So I'd say it's really been this year that I've actually been able to slow down and just kind of go, we're doing really well, doing really well. Do you think it was your move um, up north and that whole new lifestyle, change of scenery has sort of really helped that Mm. point? Our move up north has really slowed me down. Um, I didn't know that I could get this slow and I'm sure I could get even slower if I needed to. Um, But I think it's created the space for me to just really assess what I want out of life um, and where I want to go and how I want to feel on the daily rather than being stressed um, around going to a nine-to-five job um, I had a really good nine-to-five job. I've never, you know, like really honoured to have that piece of work that I was doing and the work that we were doing, but it wasn't necessarily aligned to me. It was aligned in some ways but not necessarily, in the not in the way that the work that I do now is aligned to me. Um, so, yeah, I think being able to let go of some of the and some of the stories that I had that I had to keep that job because I couldn't afford to do the things that I'm doing now and yet here I am nearly 12 months later 
um, still doing podcasts, coaching people, you know, working with um, doing coaching groups and all the things that I do now, um, and we're surviving. We're still alive. We get to breathe. I still get to eat organic food, you know, like I haven't had to scrimp and save on everything that we do. And how's it been for your family? So for Chris and Teddy, it has been a journey. Um, Teddy's really happy up here now and he was pretty good at the start but he did miss his family and friends so that was just a few little challenges but we were able to show him the benefits of living up here and one of the main benefits obviously as you know now is you know everybody in Canberra in particular is in lockdown so he would have been at home and not being able to see his friends anyway whereas here he can go to school um, we're going to go to a soccer match this afternoon or he's going to go to a soccer match this afternoon um, with everybody from the region you know like so nothing is really locked down from that perspective and he also gets to spend with his time with his other cousins that he had never met never efficient like he was a baby when he met Chloe um, so we'd never have met her or never remembered her um, so he gets those sorts of opportunities as well for Chris um, it was a bit more challenging so for me I was able to go from leaving my nine-to-five job into doing the work that I was doing at home so doing all the coaching and stuff like that so for me it was an even flow whereas for Chris he had the promise of work um, and work was going to keep going and he could do the work from up here. Well, that all died off again. So he's been in this kind of ebb and flow for a while and it wasn't until we came back to Canberra in April that he realised that this is home now, that Canberra isn't home. And so he just needed that adjustment time to figure that out and he's really come into his own, particularly in the last couple of months um, up here and he's, yeah, a lot more relaxed than he was um, broader family I think they they definitely struck there was members of my family that really struggled with us making this move because it's not like it's you know well we were five minutes away from each other predominantly in Canberra my sister was just down the coast so two and a half hours it's not far and she had been unwell last year so we had seen a lot of her as well um, so there was some challenges uh, from a couple of people within my family that were making this move but my brother's been up here now and my parents have been up here now and they're like, you would never go back. And we're like, no, we would never go back. We love our life up here. Aww. Well, you certainly glow <laughs> when you talk about it. And seeing you, I have the privilege of knowing you when, when you were living in Canberra and having that face-to-face and then with you leaving, um, I'm really blessed that our relationship hasn't changed because yeah. I'm scared about that. Yay, marvel of modern technology and, <laughs> and social media, keeping everyone together. Yeah, and I think if anything, it's given us the opportunity to get even closer because it's you make more, you make that more of an effort. Not that we didn't make yeah. an effort before, but it's just like, no, how are you? Because I can't get that emotion, I can't get that physical connection with you, like there's where you would meet face to face. And that was always a challenge, I know, for you, but we still, it's that how are you going and know that I'm still here, I haven't gone anywhere and vice versa. So you've spoken about how you're running a business. So where in your life do you feel the most you? So is it when you're in your business zone or just in your coaching zone and working on your own self-development or with your family zone? Or is it just all blended? <laughs> it's all blended. in the morning. 
Yeah, it's all blended these days. Before, like particularly in my postnatal depression journey or when I was trying to study, like pushing to study and create, I had to create, I felt like I had to create pockets of these of time. That was for me. But now, like I said to you before this call, I made pancakes and that just, you know, normal, I just kind of cruised through it. Last weekend I was making risotto and I just cruised through it. Um, Teddy's massive into cookie dough at the moment. So, you know, we just whipped up a batch the other day. I roll it up, stick it in the freezer, and he just pulls it out whenever he wants to eat it kind of thing. Not the, Just clarify he's not eating it all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then on Monday night I was giving a presentation um, to some netball girls, just getting them ready for finals and stuff like that, and I took them through a meditation and that was really well doing that presentation was quite nerve-wracking for me to start with but then I had then I chose to manage my thoughts and I was really relaxed when I got there and we took I took them through a meditation we talked a little bit about that and you know from my life coaching skills you know the model and I walked people through that well something came up and I just went straight into my I fell to my zone happened I just went straight into my zone cleared off the whiteboard that I had there wrote up um, the CTFAR and then went, okay, give me an example. Let's walk through this. How does that work? And was able to then ask questions of the group. So it's it's a combination of everything now. And I try to practice it on the norm that every day is or every opportunity is for me to be into my flow, into my rhythm. Um, and like it doesn't always work. There was an incident yesterday with the dog, Indy, jumped up on the telly, had gone to the toilet. He was having pizza for dinner. She jumped up on the table, stole a piece, and then I'm like, ah, and I was snappy at Indy and I'm snappy at Teddy, and then I was just like, oh, okay, calm yourself down. This isn't the most, you know, most important thing you do. But for me, um, when I feel the most me is just when I feel relaxed no matter what the situation is and just keep moving through it. Yeah, just showing your true authentic self. A hundred percent, yes. Yes. Yeah. So... Looking at how much your life and your circumstances have changed in the last 12 months, I think that you've um, really driven to the change, like moving, and then other things have just happened. So is this where you thought or where you dreamt that you would be five years ago? Oh, shit, no. (laughs) Shit, no. Five years ago, I was still trying to, oh, I was trying to figure so much out. Like what, that was 2016. So I was, I was trying to release everything um, and just relax. Um, I, five years ago, I was running a lot more than I do now. Now I'm back to the beginning of my running journey again. Um, and f- five years ago, I was still saying no to a lot of things. I was still trying to control control the things around me to feel like I had control of myself um yeah that was probably one of my biggest biggest challenges that time that year and so to look forward from there like it would have been a hope maybe we could have you know lived by the coast that was kind of something that I've had a dream that I've kind of held on to since I went to the Gold Coast in 2006 and I was just like that's where I want I want to live up I want to live by the beach it didn't have to be the Gold Coast but Gold Coast was a great holiday you know place to be so um, it was something we talked about but it wasn't something that we could see happening at the time Um, so yeah to look 
back and kind of go, would I, would I have even dreamed of being here? No way. And doing what I'm doing? No way. I did a, um, I think in 2016, I went to, yeah, I went to the US for work and I took a, I was doing some reading at the time and I started reading, I was Peter Kelly's book and she talked about um, a 10-year plan and I was just like, oh, I'm not doing that. And then I went, okay, let's, I've got all this time on a plane, let's just do the 10-year plan, what would be involved? And coaching never, ever came up at any stage. Mentoring came up, yep, that was fine, but coaching was never on the cards. Um, so just seeing that, you know, like that evolution of allowing things to come into your life when they're meant to come into your life and knowing that I, I love what I do, like it just shows you how quickly things can change. So why was mentoring coming up but coaching wasn't? How do you see that as two different things? Yeah, I think because I was, it was supporting other women. It wasn't around coaching other women. So mentoring is kind of like holding hands um, and just having each other's back. And so that that I felt connected to, whereas coaching was more, and I didn't realise how what coaching probably was at the time, but I felt like I had to have more control of that relationship and I was still in that kind of control space, um, controlling my life. So I think that was the difference from a mindset perspective then. That's not what coaching is, obviously, but I figured that out along the way too. So do you think that um, the the essence of control, was that sort of coming out through your postnatal depression as well? Yeah, absolutely. And wanting to make smart decisions, I even having Teddy, um, I told myself before, like making the decision to have him, I was like, I want to make smart decisions, not these emotionally, you know, this is going to be wonderful kind of decision. And I had seen that back in in 2003 where I was going through a challenging time in the work in the job that I was in at the time and um I I made the decision just to quit like I just I just quit the job I went this is I'm not putting up with this I had a boss that would yell at me on the daily and I went I've I'm I'm done and so I could see then that it wasn't a smart decision financially but it was a it was an emotionally driven decision. So I became this whole this approach that I had was around making smart decisions because that seemed to be the right thing to do and um, that had definitely flown, had a flow-on effect um, around the decision to have Teddy. Now, Teddy was never a smart decision, trust me. It was a 100% heart decision because if I hadn't made the smart decision, I would never have had him <laughs> around sleep deprivation and all the things that were coming to mind. Um, and the lack of travel, because travel was really important to me at that point as well. But I just knew I have this um, belief that we can have everything that we want in life. Now, we may not be able to have it all at the same time, but we can have what we want and we can create the life that we want. So I have that underlying belief. So I, having Teddy was around around that as well. And so back to the postnatal, then the postnatal depression hits and I'm still trying to figure out who I am um, and having to build myself up from the ground from the ground up. And so sometimes, yeah, control was a big part of what I was doing because I just, I was, I was falling apart um, and I just didn't know how to pick myself up, but I knew certain pieces would help me. And so I really hung on to those for dear life. You're talking about how, you know, you approach business very differently. So do you have a plan of where you want to be or how you want to feel in the next five years? Yeah, that, 
So I want to feel relaxed. Um, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want a self a sense of satisfaction, which is my human design. Um, yeah, so if I could live those things on the daily, that would be my ideal. Of course, you know, stuff happens and you need to move through things differently um, and sometimes you need a little bit more oomph and, you know, gusta to keep going forward. But I don't, I want to do it all with, I want it to all be heart-centred and I want to do it from a place of love. So in terms of looking forward, the best vision that I have for you at the moment is the vision that I've held on to for the last probably four years, I think. And it's first thing in the morning, it's the quietest part of the day and I'm outside of our home. It's not this home, it's another home that I'm overlooking the ocean and there's a pool, in, a beautiful pool in front of me, of course. <laughs> Don't, it's not like there's enough water around, but there's, and I'm overlooking the ocean. I've got this hot cup of something in my hand. I thought it was cacao at one point. I tried cacao and it just didn't work for me. So it might be, <laughs> might be my licorice love tea. And Chris is asleep in the bedroom, you know, Teddy's asleep and I just have this calmness around me. And then I kind of head back into into the house to to do my work for the day, which is calls and is potentially is writing books and um, just really enjoying the space that I'm in. That's about, that's my, that's it. That's kind of the plan. I'm not sure the path to get there. I'm not sure the next steps. I don't know any of that sort of detail, but just knowing that I'm, if I continue to move forward, I'll get to a version of that. Uh, just sounds so mystical and just so, I'm already feeling totally zenned out. <laughs> it's that, that's exactly right. It's that kind of home. And so having a workspace that's near my bedroom, um, not to say that I can just vision it off to the side of the house, um, off the side of the living space, and then having a yoga kind of stretching space as well for meditation. And Yeah. <laughs> so you and I can do that together, Mel. You can come up and stay. <sighs> Yeah. And it's sort of Balinese style, so you'd have like the main hut and then you'd have other little huts off to the side where people could come and stay because I want it to be a really um, open space where people can have their own space but they can come into our space as well. So, yeah, very family and community orientated. So I love the group. I love our membership group um, and the space that you've created for us there. What Do you have any greater visions for your foundation memberships? Yeah, I think, yeah, so it would be the membership in general. So I want to do a launch again, like the final actual launch that I haven't, haven't done. I want to do that towards the end of the year. I'm just working on timing around when to do that. Um, and I really want people to feel connected in that group. That's always been an important point for me. And I want people to have the opportunity to grow um through their time in that space so I want it to be really intentional um and uh, I have this belief that again that we can do anything that we want in life right but I can give you the tools but it's when you go and implement those tools into your life and experiment and try them out and just see what works for you drop the things that don't work pick up the things that do work um, and just create the life that actually makes you sing and makes you joyous like that that brings so much joy to me so that's what I would love for the membership to be doing even though we have a monthly theme like pick up the bits that work for you and then drop off the rest and keep applying on the daily as you know um, so we have a call once a week and we do the work in the call 
because I want you to apply what you're learning through the call into your life as you through that week. I don't necessarily want you to go home and do more homework because that's not where the lesson is. The lesson is in the application and it's in the lesson that you then believe in yourself and then start to make other changes in your life as well. So that's kind of my vision for the group and I do want it to grow. Um, We have four members, four or five members, depending on who sort of comes in at the time, but I'd love to get that group maybe up to 10 and maybe have... I don't want the group to be so big that people don't feel like that they have enough time to speak or that they can't connect. So, you know, smaller groups of 10 um, and maybe a second call during the week as well for another group of 10, do you know what I mean? So having that sort of space but a connected space and then bringing everybody back together. Now my brain is going, how do you then bring those two 10 groups back together so that then they can connect at some point as well? Wow. Well, I love Tuesdays. It's yeah one of the, the highlights of my week and it's um, sort of become a, a um, not a non-negotiable because, you know, life happens, but, you know, even my family know Tuesday nights is my night with Sue's. Even my daughter's like, have you got Sue's tonight? I'm like, <laughs> so it's funny. She won't, my daughter won't um, engage with her class over Zoom at the moment because we're in lockdown. But, hey, come Tuesday night, she's the wife of the party on our Zoom calls. Like, Absolutely. Uh, maybe it's the whole I don't want to have to go to bed. So. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. what have you gotten out of Tuesday nights then? Uh, the sense of connection with other women, uh, people, you know. We've, we've had a few guys rock in. Yeah. Uh, just connecting with different people that I would never have possibly connected with. Um mainly because, you know, our lives just wouldn't intersect uh, where we are in our journeys and professions and stuff like that. And then just seeing how much love there is and just how much love we've all created for each other and how I've got just another network and it's it's like that that little family and I can't wait for... COVID to have calmed down so that we can all get together and just have a big love in because yeah and and it won't be that nervousness of oh my god what if they like me or not it'd be like just a big family reunion and that's how yeah. I feel it and um, yeah it's you know just the ability to sort of be who I want to be as well around other people yeah. Yep. And to celebrate successes that you have and celebrate everybody else's successes, which are different to your successes. Do you know what I mean? Like yesterday's oh, post. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just straightening everyone's crown. You know, I, I really feel that we are so good at knocking off the, the crowns of other people's heads. You know, we're so scared about putting the crown on our own head. So this gives us the opportunity to wear our crown and to shine the crown of others. So that's just been really wonderful for me. And then also sharing that with other friends of mine who come in every now and then, like with the breathwork workshop that we've been doing. And then, um, yeah, with my family, they, they pop in and out and say hi. And I love that. I really do. Yeah. And Chris pops in occasionally. Teddy will pop in occasionally. Yes. Just to say yes. hi and go, oh, they just came to drop off, you know, a cup of tea or whatever and then they're out the door. But, yeah, just that whole connection. Yeah. 
Totally. So it's it's kind of like a um, a really big group therapy for me. Yeah. In ways that in in areas that I can share. So. Yeah. I love how you tend to end your podcasts talking about self care and 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 self love. So, what do you do for your self care and self love journeys? Yeah, so at the and mine has been a journey, you know, about Soul Hour, um, and that's evolved. And what's you know what's evolving this year has been something a different sort of version. But the one thing that I'm doing at the moment and practising being fairly disciplined with like three times a week at the moment is kind of the best that I can do Um, and being okay with that is meditation. So I've just been sitting down, putting the timer on for 15 minutes, which for me and my brain is a long time to sit there and do not really much. I started with a mantra, um, mu, mu, and then I was doing a bit of om and then my own version of it. And then yesterday I just sat and I was sitting in silence and I was okay to sit there in silence. And I've only been doing this for two, like disciplined like this for two weeks. And the peacefulness that has come across me is out of this world. And to the point that I wake up in the morning and I just put my left hand on like on my heart, my right hand on my belly, and I just breathe. Like Chris has typically gotten up to have a shower. So I use that couple of minutes to just do that. Um, and I just I just feel amazing now. Like it's just got this massive flow and effect throughout my day. Um, And, yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. So that's the one thing that I'm doing at the moment for self-love and I'm really enjoying it. Wow, excellent. So that's it. Celebrate you and, and the love and the wisdom and just the, I think just that radiance of calmness that you share amongst us and celebrating your success with the the podcast series that you have built and the coaching that you provide everyone on so many different levels. And um, I'm just so honoured to have been part of the journey and I remember being one of your... um, guinea pigs for the health history when you were studying and it's just sort of expanded from that and it's just um yeah so much has just changed for me in for the better of knowing you so thank you so much oh thank you mel and it's been an honor to work with you but you know we started our journey where you were giving to me you came and found me through the canberra period project and then invited me to uh, to come and do a presentation and then give me gave me all these gifts uh, that were supporting the Canberra Period Project. So I can't thank you enough for that because I was reflecting on that yesterday and I'm like there was a time where that was a time where I had to believe that what I was doing was enough and just continue to keep moving forward and I felt like there was other women supporting me and I knew that you know, I had that support, but we didn't really have the outside support and you were one of the first to come on in. So thank you so much for doing that for me. Thank you for joining me today. And I have a couple of small favors to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. 
finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.